I'm really glad to be with you. This is a real treat for me. I've gotten a tour of um, the area today, and I never knew if I was in Pennsylvania or Delaware, so I'm sure I was a little bit of all of that. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to come someplace and to speak to folks you don't really know that well. And uh, so um, John and Chris Saylor have been great friends of ours for a long time. And he's told me all about all of you. So I don't know what your relationship with John is like, but um, I thought maybe I'd take a minute or two to tell you a little bit about, about me. I'm a, I grew up in Oklahoma, so I'm an Okie. I don't know if I've kept any of that accent or not, but we've been in Kansas the last 30-plus years, uh, 31 years. And um, happily married to my wife. We have a little running joke We've been happily married 25 years. 25 out of 46 isn't bad. And we have this, uh, we wonder which, you know, which of those years aren't the, aren't the good years. But they've been really, really sweet. We celebrate 46 years uh, just in a few weeks. And um, five grandchildren. Uh, grandchildren call me Grumpy and Peggy Grammy. And there's a good reason that they call me Grumpy. And uh, I'll... I wasn't going to do this, but I'll tell you why. So um, my daughter, our daughter, when she told us that she was going to have our first grandchild, said, Dad, what do you want the grandkids to call you? Now, her version of this story is a little bit different than mine, but she's not here, so I'm going to tell you mine. Um, I'm thinking in my mind she's just found out she's pregnant, so we've got a wait, and then that child is not going to be speaking for a while. So we've got another wait. And so she just kept asking me and asking me, and I just kept saying, well, you know, they'll figure it out. They'll know. No, Dad, you have to tell them something. They've got to start somewhere. And finally, I just had had enough of her asking me. I didn't know. And um, in my kind, gentle way, I said, uh, Candace, will you just give it a rest? And she just kind of turned around in a huff and said, all right, just be grumpy then. And I thought, grumpy, it'll work. (laughs) And it has. So my prayer is that they'll not call me that because I am, but that it always stays a term of endearment. And uh, I think so far it has. One of the things that I'd like to know about you is I, I'm just thinking about people that have had a significant impact in my life and what that's looked like over the last, as I've tried to walk with the Lord over the last 50 years. Um, and I'm thinking back, there, there are lots of folks that have had deep, deep impact in my life and a few of those have been pastors. But you know, the ones that have, there have been lots of others who are not pastors. There have um, been some retired folks. I remember the very first as a 16, 17-year-old boy uh, having real difficulty at home. And there was, a, there was an old retired man in our church. I mean, he seemed old to me at the time. And I'm guessing he was probably in his late 60s, my age now. Um, I've passed 65, so I guess I'm in my late 60s. Uh, Truman Whitten was his name, and he had crippling arthritis. And I remember when he joined our church, 
And he told the pastor, I want God to use me in the lives of young people. And um, conversation with our pastor later, he, he told me, he said, John, you know, I thought when Truman came and joined the church and told me that, that I thought, how can this old man have an impact on the lives of young people? And, and uh, Truman's arthritis was so bad. About two years later, he died. And I remember on Wednesday night, we were having prayer meeting. And we prayed that night that the Lord would either ease Truman's pain or take him home. And he died that night. And the church was full of teenagers at his funeral. And I can think of so many others through the years that have impacted my life. Men and women, couples that have invested in me and loved me. And I just wonder tonight, as you think about those that God has used in your life to make a difference in your life, to, to help you to walk more faithfully with him and to trust him more deeply, who have those people been? Who have those people been? I've had pastors. I, I was at one person that I just a few years ago was at his bedside, was my pastor as a young man. That pastor that uh, he, he lives in Wichita or lived in Wichita. And he was the pastor that told me about Truman's um, desire to be used. And we stood at his bedside and held his hand and sang hymns when he passed. But maybe... God's used other men and women in your life. Men and women that they weren't pastors, but they were faithful servants of God. And because of their faithfulness, their words of encouragement, their challenge to you, maybe their rebuke to you, you're walking more faithfully with Christ today. Now, why would I... This is a, this is a, a missions conference. Why would I talk about... That, those kind of relationships. It's because all of us are always on mission. We're always on mission. And God gives us the privilege, the wonderful privilege, to be involved in the lives of others. There's a, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, Paul, as he wrote to the church at Corinth, he was... He was not really that happy with the church at Corinth. And so in 1 Corinthians 3, um, there's a lot of division going on in the church. And there's this argument going on over who discipled me, who led me to faith. So they're arguing. Well, some said, well, Apollos, it was Apollos in my life. And Others, someone else, and others said it was Paul. And Paul just, he'd kind of had enough. I think maybe he might have been a little grumpy. And so he says something that's, I think, pretty profound. And, and this message, I don't, I've not had any sense, nor have I heard that y'all have been fussing with each other. So I, that's not where I'm going with this. But he says something that's pretty profound. And he talks about how God uses people in our lives. And it's really a powerful, short um, little verse or number of verses there in, in um, chapter 3, 
1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. So they've, he's reminding them of this argument that they've been having. And then he said, what after all, or who after all is Apollos? Now, what I'd like to do is read this out of a message. So um, just to kind of make it feel a little more like he's talking to us. So he says, who do you think Paul is anyway? Or Apollos for that matter. Servants, both of us. Servants who waited on you as you gradually learned to entrust your lives to our mutual master. We each carried out our servant assignment. I planted the seed, Apollos watered the plants, but God is the one who made you grow. It's not the one who plants or the one who waters the plants who's the center of the process, but God is. God is. God is the one who makes things grow. Planting and watering are menial servant jobs at minimum wages. What makes them worth doing is the God that we're serving. You happen to be God's field. You happen to be in God's field where you're working. So there's this argument, and Paul just puts things in perspective. He says, we're in this thing together. But life is about our Lord. That's what life needs to be centered around. And so I've, I've, as I've read that passage... I've thought about those people that God's used in my life, people that um, maybe I wouldn't have picked. And maybe they've said things that have come at a time that I didn't expect. Now, I'm, I'm um, you know, I can only be mad at God that John and Chris Saylor are here. But I, I can tell you the number of times that as an engineer, this guy that likes details, and I hate details, that he's just spoken words of encouragement in my life. And he said, you know, John, maybe now's not the right time. Let's wait. Or pastor friends. Or sometimes, John, maybe even my own children in the way that God has used my children in my life or my grandkids. Did you really say that, Grumpy? (laughs) That usually comes from my daughter who's um, free to let me know that maybe I made a little error there. And I need to hear those things. Somebody that God has used to love me in an incredible way. So there have been these individuals day after day that God uses in my path. He puts in my path to help me to see we're in this thing together. And I thought about that passage in 1 Corinthians, and there were two or three things that came out of that. And I'd, I'd like just to briefly speak to those. And then, if you'll allow me, I'd like to tell you a story. God uses lots of people in our lives to help us become fully devoted 
followers of Christ. And he can use a Christ follower or he can use just a pagan because of the way we interact with them. Maybe they'll say something to us that God will use to prick our heart or maybe they'll ask us a question that God will use to cause us to think more deeply about him. He uses many people in our lives. Secondly, each of us, every one of us, regardless of our age, has a gift. We have a responsibility, an opportunity to be a part of the church that God has placed us in, part of the body. I've had the incredible privilege in my life to be involved in the lives of college and university students. I've worked with students. I I pastored through seminary. And then when I graduated from seminary, I began working with college and university students. And it it is a, it's an incredible opportunity for me. What is so amazing to me is that some of them even still listen to me. And some of you are thinking, how in the world could I work with students? Well, let me assure you that you can. Now, I just think as a 16, 17-year-old boy, the impact that Truman, I still tell that story about Truman Whitman. He had a huge impact on my life. We don't ever reach retirement age when we're when we're a part of what God has called us to do. That never ends. So maybe should young people take some responsibility? You bet. But how are they going to learn, especially if they're asking us, and they've got so much to offer? God uses us all. And then 1 Corinthians 4.2, it's a tremendous verse. Now, it's required of those who have been given a trust that they must prove faithful. And we have been given a trust. And finally, the purpose in all of this is that God would be glorified. That God would be glorified. Because you see, life is really about him. It's not about us. It's not about what we can do or what God wants to do in our lives. It's what he allows us to be part of in what he's doing. And it takes all of us. As a young man, um, I've I've thought a lot about this in the last eight or nine years. Uh, It's not a daily thought, but I have thought a good bit about it. As a young man, I set some goals. And um, I was was pretty arrogant. And... um, I thought, you know, if God would just grant, one of those goals was that if God would just grant me the privilege of investing my life in at least 100 other young men or women who would walk faithfully with him. You know why that was such, I mean, that was a terrible goal. You know why? One, because our Lord is exceeding a, He is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond anything we would ever ask or think. So the biggest thing you can think of, that's God's starting point. 
because he's able to do way more than what we could think about. And then the second thing I realized is how arrogant of me to think that I would be the only one to invest in anybody's life. I'm who I am because of choices I've made, but anything that's good there is because of what God has done in my life and the people that he's allowed to rub against my life, that iron sharpens iron, and so one man sharpens another. And I could tell you story after story after story of men and women who've encouraged me. I, I talked on the phone to, um, to John Boulay, your pastor here, and, um, on Wednesday. And I, when I hung up from that call, I was just so encouraged as I heard his heart for you as a church. That just really encouraged me. So God puts us, gives us all the privilege to be involved in people's lives. And what we need to think about is, what does that look like? Now, I want to tell you a story. Years ago, and I'll, I'll speak to this again later this weekend, but years ago, I began praying that God would, if, if it would please him, that he would use me in such a way that when people looked at the events that surrounded my life, they wouldn't see me, that they would be those kind of events that only God could have done. And I prayed that prayer every day for years. So this weekend, if you'll allow me, I'd like to tell you some of those stories that I couldn't orchestrate. I'd like to tell you a story about a young college student, a little socially awkward, named Jerry. Jerry had bad teeth. He was, he, he really was socially awkward. But Jerry went to China on a project, a summer project. And while he was there, he met a young man named Robin. Now, Robin was a Tibetan student. That was the American name that he had taken. He was a Tibetan student, and Jerry just got to be friends with Robin, and he began to uh, hang out with him, help him with his English. Robin was from Lhasa in Tibet, but he had come to another city on the coast, on the, on the uh, eastern coast of China, to go to school. And while they were on campus that summer, Robin met Jerry. So, Jerry had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit about faith. Robin really wasn't interested in Jerry's faith. He was more interested in learning how to speak English and doing a good job of that. And he was also interested in talking to uh, Jerry about Tibetan Buddhism. So there wasn't a whole lot that came out of that. Well, when Jerry left, he introduced Robin to uh, a, another young man and his wife who were serving there for a couple of years as journeymen. And this young man, his wife's name, this young man's name was Robbie. And so that relationship went on for a couple of years, probably a year and a half. And um, Robbie was able to share the good news about Christ with Robin a little bit. Robin really was a little bit flaky. He didn't come around a whole lot. He didn't listen a whole lot. He did want to practice his English. He wanted to be better at his English than what uh, he was. And so uh, the relationship happened for a while, and then Robin graduated, and he left, and he went back to Lhasa. Now, when he, in, in, during that time, uh, it's changed so much. That was 
probably 10 years ago. It's changed a lot since then, but during that time, there was a bicycle shop on every corner, everywhere you went in China. And uh, so when when, um, Robin got back to Lhasa, he happened to be out on the street walking and uh, noticed that there was a young American woman named Dee Dee stopped at a bicycle shop in Lhasa. Now, it just so happened that Dee Dee knew Robbie. And they, they were several thousand miles apart, but they knew each other. And um, they had been praying. There were some gals in Lhasa, and they had been praying that they would meet some young men. That didn't come out quite right, but they were getting ready to leave. And so there was a a young man named Rich that was going to be coming to take their place. He's going to be working there in Lhasa. And so they'd been praying that they'd have an opportunity to introduce some young Tibetan men to Rich. And so it just so happened, it's kind of an interesting thing, that Didi met Robin just accidentally there on the street corner in Lhasa. Hi, Robin, I'm Didi. Well, I'd really love to hang out a bit and practice my English. Would you be open to that? Well, no, I'm, I'm actually not going to be here that much longer, but could I introduce you to my friend Rich? Now, Rich, one thing you need to know about Rich, Rich is the shyest man I've ever known in my life. As a college student, I went I went two years before I heard Rich say 10 words. He wouldn't look you in the eye. He was just a shy Nebraska farm boy. But God got a hold of him. And he is one of the most intentional men that I know now. And he met Robin. And for two years, they interacted. And when Rich left to come back to the States, Robin had committed his life to Christ. Now, who was involved in Robin coming to faith? Who was it? Well, the Lord himself orchestrated that whole event. And it didn't start with Jerry. It started with someone who had a heart for Jerry that prayed for him and invested in him and encouraged him. Now, I need some help. I need a couple of... Can, can a couple of you guys come up and help me for just a minute? Two of you? I just need two of you. I need somebody that's strong, can hold this heavy chain. Come up here and help me. <laughs> You take that and just stretch it all the way down there. You take that over here. Good. Now, so this, this black link is going to represent Robin's life. It's, it represents his new life in Christ. Now, when he met Jerry, it was back here. Just go ahead and hold on to it. It was back here. He met Jerry back here. And he had never heard the gospel before. The first time he met Jerry, 
He had never heard the gospel. So when Jerry spoke to him, that was the very first time that he heard the gospel. And then there were a lot of things that happened. Maybe, some, maybe he saw another Christian uh, that was a part of that group that Jerry was with that really was kind to him. And there was someone else that was praying for him. And, you know, we're just talking about Robin's life now. So we don't know all that God did in Jerry's life to get him there. But then he heard the gospel, and he saw it in the life of another individual. And then he began to think, is that something I really could believe in? Could that really be for me? But no, he didn't. He decided he wasn't going to follow Christ at that point. And then he met Dee Dee. And that was a very brief conversation when he met Dee Dee. But Dee Dee was faithful to pray for Robin and say, I'd love to introduce you to my friend, Rich. And how did God use Rich and all of those men and women that had been involved in Rich's life to help him not to be shy? And I, I remember watching Rich those conversations, those goals that he had, so that when he was in a group of people, his goal was to speak, always, always his goal was to speak, not first, but when it got quiet, he had a goal, I'm going to speak. And so Robin met Rich, and Rich shared Christ. And so Robin, he had heard the gospel, he had rejected the gospel, he had heard the gospel, he had seen the gospel lived out, he rejected the gospel, he heard the gospel, Rich shared the gospel again, and probably again and again, Robin considered the claims of Christ until one day, Robin decided to follow Christ. Now, who was involved in that? Everyone who had prayed, everyone who had encouraged Jerry as a young man, and he came from a horribly broken family, and his life was changed, and God used him because somebody helped him, and he shared that. And this was the beginning of a new life for Robin, who now moved to next steps and next steps and next steps. And so, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. So what we, what we see is that God has put, God has put us in the lives of people. And we're not going to be their whole life, but we can be a link to them coming to faith. And my prayer for each of us this weekend is that we would be awakened to what God is doing and realize that regardless of our age, regardless of our health, regardless of our responsibilities, God has given us the privilege to be on mission with him. And that happens every day, all day. And what I'd like to do tonight
And I've got one of these for each of you. And I'd like for you to take it when you leave tonight. Now, this is something that's been very, very special to those of us in, in the organization that we work with. And we carry these. I didn't bring my keychain, but I carry one of these on my keychain. We have a lot of men and women really all over the globe. We've seen these lots of places. But I'd like for you to take one, and when you see it, use it as a reminder to pray. And I'd like to challenge you that you would pray, God, what kind of link can I be? Help me today to be a link in someone hearing or seeing the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. And I'd like to ask you to to take one more step with that. Lord, I'll be that link. Whatever it is you're saying, wherever it is you're sending me, I'll be that link. And you may be thinking, well, I, I just don't know that it could be me. Truman Whitten was crippled, but he loved God and he loved young people. And Jerry was awkward, but he obeyed God. And Rich was shy, embarrassingly shy. And he said, yes to God. Let's pray. Father, you alone are holy. And by your grace, and because of your great love for us and your mercy, you've called us to be on mission with you. You've given us the wonderful privilege to join with you in what you're doing. Father, give us the courage to say yes to you. Be an ever-present reminder that you are God and that you do what you please and that it's your heart's desire that every tongue and every tribe and every people and every nation would stand before the throne and worship you. Father, help us to be the link of the good news in the lives of those that you bring across our paths. Amen. Thank you, John. Um, there are many opportunities this weekend for us to, to consider uh, different things. Um, the Lord will um, speak through his word. He'll speak through conversations that you'll have. He'll speak through images you may see on the screen, but he'll speak. 
And uh, I, I pray that this, this weekend, for however long you can be a part uh, of this journey with us this weekend, that you will be continually asking God, God, help me be open to see, help me to know what it is that you're calling me to do, and then help me to be obedient to that. And I, I, I thank you, John, for coming and sharing an important piece that's helping us understand that, that we stand as a part of God's testimony uh, to, to the nations and that uh, we're, we have our own little, little part. Um, there are a couple of, of, of things I want to make you aware of, and we're going to close in prayer in just a moment. Um, but throughout the weekend, there, there are two special opportunities that we want to ask you to participate at your leisure, so as you have time. Uh, there, as you come in the door and walk, begin walking down the hallway, there are f- first two rooms on your right uh, that we've set aside this weekend to be prayer rooms. Uh, there's one prayer room. The first prayer room that you come to is the prayer room that focuses specifically on uh, what God is doing in Africa and the unreached peoples in Africa. That's a wonderful experience for you to, to walk through and experience. We want you to, in your time, uh, you can do it. And any time during the weekend. So if you're in the middle of singing and you're like, I really want to go do that, go ahead and just make your way there. We're going to make it available and open um, for tonight, but also all day tomorrow. So go ahead and do that. And then there's another one uh, that is an opportunity for you to pray through and see all of the ways God is connecting the chain right here uh, in our, our backyard. And so we'll give you an opportunity to pray, uh, not only for the nations, but also pray for our neighbors and pray for our coworkers and pray for our church and pray for our leaders. And and we know that every big, huge movement of God always has begun in prayer. And so we we believe if God is calling us to do something big, and it's something big to even go to your neighbor and say the name Jesus and walk your neighbor to the point of where they come to know Christ, that's a big thing. It's just as big as going to the ends of the earth. Um, so God calls us to do big things, and he wants us to be people that pray. So you're going to have some opportunities to do that. So take part in that. It'll be open for a little bit tonight, so if you want to stick around and, and do that, uh, that'll be great. Also, uh, we throughout the weekend, we have these wristbands available, uh, which will serve as a reminder as we leave from this weekend uh, to continue to remind us to pray. And I'll share a little bit more about that later on. But make sure you grab your ch- your link tonight. Do you have those available? Okay, they'll be available on your way out, and you can also pick up a bracelet as well. But I wanted just for us to have a moment of time, because sometimes we, we come to things and we get so busy, and we think to ourselves, man, I need to spend some time with the Lord on this before I go to bed. And then we get home, and life gets crazy, and we wake up the next morning, and we're like, ah, I forgot to do it. So I want to give us this time right now just to go to the Lord and begin asking that question or continue asking the question. Um, God, how is it that you want me to be a link today? But then also, am I willing to be a link? Am I willing to say, yes, God, I'll go and I'll do whatever it is that you're calling me to do? So let's just take that time and uh, just go before the Lord. Father, what a blessing it is that people in our our lives were links. They were willing to um, speak up when you prompted them and how you used them to pour into our lives and to share the gospel with us. So, Father, we thank you for them. We thank you that because of their faithfulness and um, their obedience, 
that we had an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And Father, we thank you for the salvation that we now have in you. And we thank you for the great honor that you bestow upon us and you ask us to go and to be sharers of the greatest message ever. So Father, I pray more and more you'd help us uh, to be obedient. Help us to see. Help us to see this world and this time that you've placed us on this earth through your eyes. Help us to see where it is that you're leading us and help us to be obedient to go. Father, I thank you just for this time. I thank you for John and I thank you uh, for his message tonight. May you continue to encourage us and challenge us as we, we think on that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.